business is built on, on people. So you're going to hire, just accept it (laughs) in the beginning of your business. You're going to hire people because if you don't, then you are going to plateau and then burn out. And unfortunately I've been in the game long enough now where I've seen people do that. Welcome to the Dreamer to Entrepreneur podcast, a show designed to motivate and inspire women to stop sitting on the sidelines of life and finally take action towards accomplishing their dreams. Join us, Brittany Hughes and Amanda Benedict, as we share business advice, as well as our own experiences of starting and building a successful business while also juggling mom life. You'll also hear from other amazing women who bring their own message and advice to the show through inspiring interviews. It's all collaboration over competition here. Get ready to dream big, take action, and always show kindness. Let's dive in. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Dreamer to Entrepreneur podcast. We are so excited today to have Kira LaForgia on the show. With a decade of experience in people operations in the corporate world, Kira is no stranger to the sensitive issues involved in the human side of running a business. There's a lot to learn from hiring, onboarding, training, and managing the performance of over 500 employees for a multi-million dollar business. Kira founded Paradigm to bridge the gap between corporate HR policies and the modern needs of online entrepreneurs, because Google might have almost all the answers, but it doesn't have what your unique business needs. So Kira, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Can you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about you, your journey? What got you to this point in your life? Yeah. Wow. Um, Well, that pretty much sums up the whole career thing, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But generally, I guess I'm just here because I'm trying to get the word out that we can all create company cultures that really lend themselves towards a way for people to have a successful and fulfilling career that doesn't feel like torture and that is productive and kind and driven towards profits and making sure that we're able to have a seat at the table, but also you don't have to treat people poorly to get there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had a lot of really uncomfortable experiences throughout my career in corporate and small business and even in entrepreneurship that have sort of driven this purpose forward. And I just don't think that there's a place for old school management and leadership in the way that we're trying to build businesses today. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs start out with that mission and then it gets lost along the way because they're taught to manage and train their teams in a way that is not congruent with the way that we're starting our businesses when it's just us. So it just is kind of perpetuating the cycle of sort of anxiety and the anti-work movement is huge and you know a lot of people are moving into freelance roles which are great but it doesn't necessarily lend itself to women having consistent income and being able to start families and things like that and i just think there's space for both so i'm just out here yelling it from the rooftops that it starts mm-hmm. with us it starts with the leaders <laughs> yeah well and i i love that cuz it kind of also goes along with a theme with our podcast about the community over competition like it's your whole like mindset and how you treat others in your field of work who work with you, who are your, I guess, opponents 
and having a different kind of mindset and approach to it. And so I kind of love that, you know, you're diving from the rooftops, like you said, this concept of, you know, this new, I guess, idea of how to, you know, work with your team and in a positive way. Yeah, it's, I mean, it truly feels like we're yelling into the void sometimes because a lot of times when you get to a point in your business where you're just, where you're growing so fast, it, a lot of the advice that even I have received or, you know, through my entrepreneurial journey is like, yeah, but like, it is what it is. It's business, it's work, it's not supposed Mm -hmm. to be blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but why not? Like, Mm -hmm. why do I have to run my meetings with an agenda? Like, why can't my team meetings literally just be about connection? Like we have a hundred other ways to communicate throughout the week. Why wouldn't I want to use that time where all of us are sitting together on a call to fill each other up and not, you know, just go over tasks. Like we could do that on Slack. Like, come on. I don't know. (laughs) I guess it's just like, and and people are like, do you have a meeting agenda? And I'm like, I think the better you know your team, the better it is for your company. So maybe Mm -hmm. talk to them, you know, and I know that, you know, granted, we want to be productive and there are definitely tips and tricks along the way to help make sure we do that. But your company is not going to ride or die based on what you talk about in a meeting, unless it's something that's really valuable to your team. Your people are going to make your company run, not your meeting Mm -hmm. agenda. So Mm -hmm. we can't lose that. And I think as women, we're innately capable of kind of leaning into that side of who we are and you know, we have that advantage over men. And so why are we taking advice from men? Like we don't need, Mm -hmm. I don't need your old white man business book right now. Like I need to (laughs) make sure my team feels cared for so we can show up for our clients. Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit. I know that you had worked in corporate for a long time, which led to some very, I guess, stressful, uncomfortable situation for you unhealthy kind of mentally and how that led you into starting your business. Yeah, well it lends it lends itself to what we've already talked about in that I this is a little bit long-winded but I think it's a good story and I found that the more I share it the more people are like relating to it but yeah. It was about 5 years ago and and no, maybe like almost 6 now. And I have this really cool job where I can go into the office or I could stay home. I wasn't, I didn't, I worked from home a little bit before COVID. It wasn't necessarily like a nine to five cubicle, like that kind of job and Mm -hmm. bouncing from locations, managing operations and HR from multiple locations. And it got to a point where I had moved up in this company so much that, and it was a small to medium sized business. So I'm taking on any role I can get in order to make more money. Mm -hmm. Because at this point in my life, I was really focused on my career. I desperately didn't want to go back to the cubicle lifestyle. I had escaped a few years before. So anytime a leader in the company left, I was like, oh, I can take that on. Like I can streamline it. I can make it like smooth and seamless. I can take on all this responsibility. But over time with taking on all these extra jobs, you, yes, my income grew and I was able to get paid more. I live in Southern California. So, you know, you got to kind of scrape it together every now and then. (laughs) And throughout that process, it was very much like I didn't really think about the fact that with the responsibilities, I was also taking on every single employee that were under those managers. So throughout the process of managing everything, I was now bringing all these employees under my wing through multiple locations. And it ended up being about 50 employees at a time where I'm the first point of contact. There's no other managers on the team. I was finally getting paid what I wanted to get paid. But I was about to walk, go into work one day. I was leaving my office and 
in my home office and I had like worked out and had breakfast and done the normal thing. And my body just like physically stopped me. Like I've been getting calls constantly from six in the morning to two in the morning, like all the time about stuff going on at this in-person business. So my body, I just started to have a legit panic attack. Like I even joke about it now. I'm like, I'm having a panic attack about this. And it's like, no, like I was having like a real one. Like my mom is a psychiatrist and I had to like call her and be like, mom, come over. Like I'm literally breaking down. My husband still worked in the office at the time. Like I was just like on the floor in my hallway. My body would not let me go to the office. It was like, no Mm. more of this. Like you have not stopped working for like a year and a half. And basically I, then I had like a couple of employees calling and then there was some name calling because I wasn't tending to their needs right away. Like I had set up these expectations that I was there to be abused and it essentially ended up and I'd already been in therapy and I talk a lot about that on my podcast and in my blog and things like that. But I had luckily had a good therapist, but essentially what happened was I had gotten so burned out that it manifested this massive, like essentially nervous breakdown. And my mom had to like drug me and like calm me down. I like didn't stop crying for two days. The business was the still phone ringing off the hook. My mom answering my phone like I'm a little kid, like she can't talk right now, like call the owner of the company. And it was just like, you know, this whole disaster. And I had to call in the support of all these managers that I've been training, some of them for the entire time I'd been working at this company, four, five, and six years. And in a very humbling experience, I th- no one was any of the wiser. The manager stepped in. They did their jobs. They they were trained. They knew exactly what to do. There, I was forced to trust them into delegating into their tasks because I literally couldn't do it anymore. And nothing happened. <laughs> like ever, all the <laughs> clients and customers were fine. The employees, once they realized who to go to for support, went to who they needed to go to for support. And when I showed up back to the office a few days later, and I had a chance to recover everyone was like just more concerned about how I was doing than anything else. And I realized that I'd been holding on to this control for such a long time, which that incident eventually turned out that I was diagnosed with PTSD as a result of burnout, which is mm-hmm. not, I am not the only one. Like I, I just, I've met other women that have had the same diagnosis and that's insane. Like to get diagnosed with something that people are getting when they're going to war from yeah. their job. Like that's yeah. crazy town. Yeah. So to be able to look in the mirror and say, like, you did this to yourself, <laughs> like you don't need to be in control of everything. You like this is not necessary. Take a step back. Like you're great at your job, but you don't the, the world doesn't revolve around you. Like that decentralizing my ego was like a huge component of it. And then mm-hmm. over the last few years, we've now hired a team of eight managers and directors that work under me. I'm the COO of the company. I work there one day a week, run my business the rest of the time, have a great relationship with the owners. I still work there, which is crazy that this all happened. And we learned a lot along the way, but the company also is profiting now at a 30% higher rate than it was back then. So I was just mm-hmm. holding everybody back. So at the end of the day, it was a really big lesson, not only in business, not only personally, not only for my ego, but also for my own mental health. And I learned that optimizing who you are as a person makes you show up better as a leader, which lends itself to better results everywhere you look. And when I started my business during COVID, because I had my you know, first break ever, that was what I wanted to teach people. Like it, it can cost you four to 500 bucks a month to have an assistant that frees up hours and hours of time per week. It could cost you, you know, maybe you pay somebody a salary every year, but you pay them well and you treat them well. And 
you just have to show up as the visionary and make sure that you're continuing to expand the nucleus of the business to get bigger and bigger. And you can also have a successful personal life and personal relationship and you can go out with your friends and you don't have to be constantly bogged down by work with a pit in your stomach and you can take care of yourself and your company can still do really well. And we're just always proving, having to prove ourselves constantly. I wanted to show that I was worth the money. I wanted to show that I was worth the time and the energy and that I was worth this. For some reason, I'm just constantly proving myself. And I also want to teach women not to make other women feel that they have to do that you know, to make Mm -hmm. sure that we're creating places of employment that are creating space for people to be successful, not just to feel like they constantly have to earn their keep. Like that is not Mm -hmm. conducive with a Mm -hmm. happy work environment. So yeah, there's my whole life story and, you know, have a great rest of your day, but. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. 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 I feel like so many business owners can relate to that. What advice do you have? Because I'm immediately thinking of like the solopreneurs or, you know, the business owners that they haven't expanded into hiring, you know, any subcontractors or employees or anything like that because they, I'll just speak for myself, for instance, which I have hired out. But, you know, before I did that, I was in this space where it's like, I knew what I brought to the table and it was really good quality stuff. And so it it was scary for me to hand stuff over to somebody else because Mm -hmm. it's like, are they going to do as good of a job? Do they care as much? And I know a lot of other women um, or friend, business owner friends that I'm with think that way too. And they're scared. So what advice do you have for like that of not necessarily like being like having to prove yourself, but afraid of delegation. Yeah. Or delegating tasks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is the best advice, I guess, is well, there's two pieces of it. Number one is that it's totally fine to be nervous about something like that. Like it's totally, I do it all the time. Like my team constantly has to check me. This is a it's an ever-evolving skill that we have to learn. And also it's just that it's a skill. So delegation is actually the last step on the process of bringing someone into your team. There are several steps that you lead up to that will help you get to the point where you're truly delegating that prepare them for that task to be, you know, handed off or, you know, whatever the case may be. And what we see a lot in business is there's the relationship between the solopreneur or entrepreneur and a contractor is not the same as the relationship between a solopreneur and an employee. So if you're finding that you want to have control over the work quality, the time spent, things like that, then it you do have to classify that person as an employee. And then you're going to mm-hmm. approach it in a way where you're going to direct them and coach them, support them, and then you get to delegation. So these are all things that you don't have to wing it. Like there is theory behind it. There is practice behind it. There's training behind truly managing and leading people into the best versions of themselves in their roles. It's not something where we're like, I don't know how to explain how to do that. Like we don't, we don't, but you, there is a path. There's a process in which you break things down into smaller pieces. And then you follow a path into making sure that you're educating people and you can do it in a really timely way. It is not the same thing as creating an SOP. So don't get it twisted. <laughs> um, but we see a lot of that out there. Like you hire someone, you create an SOP, and then you move on with your life. Like that's the that's like way down the road. Like we really want, yeah, SOPs are great. We want to have a process in place, checklist, things like that. But that's not how you bring someone in and you manage them. This is a human person, you know. So taking it one step further and 
letting yourself not have to do everything by the book, like giving yourself the space to teach them and to develop them and to ask things of them and to put yourself in that vulnerable position where you're building trust doesn't start with the task, starts with the individual. On the flip side of that, it's always great to start with a contractor, but going, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get burned because we believe that we have to get the cheapest version of something, or we just have to get the thing that, oh, I've got somebody that can do this for, you know, $5 an hour, or, you know, they, I heard from somebody that they're really good at this and I don't want to deal with the employee thing. So I'm just going to do that. That easy come, easy go. Like you're going to get what you pay for. Like if you want really quality work, you got to pay a higher quality price. And just remember that like nothing is permanent. Like try out a few different Mm -hmm. things until you find the right match. And, you know, your team is ever evolving and hopefully you'll find a way to make sure that you're always leaning into who you really are when you're building your team so that it feels a little bit easier and more seamless along the way. But it's not a guessing game. You know, this is something, I mean, I went and I have a graduate degree in organizational management. Like I had to listen to professors talk about this for two years. So there's so much you can learn (laughs) that can help you with it along the way. It's not, you don't just have to like, well, I found this person in a Facebook group and they're kind of in my budget and I'm drowning, you know, like, I guess the last thing I would say is that if you, one thing that comes up a lot, especially in that earlier stage, when you're just thinking about delegating and hiring is business is built on, on people. So you're going to hire, just accept it (laughs) in the beginning of your business. (laughs) You're going to hire people because if you don't, then you are going to plateau and then burn out. And unfortunately, I've been in the game long enough now where I've seen people do that. And so it really does depend on your goals. Like you can build a sustainable business that's only you, but that's going to look a lot different than your friend who's building a business and hiring one or two employees. That's going to mm-hmm. look, your life's going to look different. It's going to feel different. Your income's going to be different. And building a sustainable business model is going to be really personal. It's a personal decision on how you want to do it. And when you bring people into it, you have to commit to what that model is. And I think that sometimes we see people get to a place of getting really stressed or, you know, burned out. And then they're like, I just need help because this business is, you know, I have a wait list and I have this and that and the other thing. And it's like, well, maybe, but it sounds like you might need to just adjust how you want to show up for your business so that you Mm -hmm. don't get to this place. Or do you really want to start a team? Because now you're committing to another person. And if you feel that drive to bring someone into your circle and to make that impact, then do the work on yourself to make sure that you can prepare for it. And it's really fun. I mean, I'm not here to convince anyone to hire a team because it is a really huge responsibility, but I am here to convince you that you can do whatever version of it you want to do. And in the process, it like having a team is my absolute favorite part of having a business, connecting with my team, leaning on them, developing them, celebrating with them. Like there's, it's the most rewarding part and the impact goes so far, you know, with your team. If you enjoy the impact you get from your clients, being able to support other people, even part-time employees, few hours a week, whatever is like truly the most rewarding experience of having, of having a business in the first place. So don't forget that part either. (laughs) Right. No, I can totally see that. And I'm kind of in that middle right now of transitioning from subcontractors to employees because I got caught. Most people that I know, their team is made up of subcontractors. So that's kind of the route I just knew to take is bring on some subcontractors. And then I found myself pouring into these people And, you know, wanting to help them grow and wanting to, I just, I I feel like I have a manager mindset. Like I love helping people, love it. 
And I realized it's like it dawned on me and I had to step back and I was like, you know, Brittany, these are subcontractors. They have their own business. They're here to just kind of, it's like task. Like, you know, we're checking off task on a, on a checklist. Whereas mm-hmm. an employee, I can, I can pour into them. I can give them so much knowledge and help them grow. And they can see my business as, you know, hopefully employees are loving your business as much as you do. And so mm-hmm. that's when it it clicked. And I was like, I am ready for, to go the employee route. And I I know nothing about how to do that or go about that. And so that I'm like in that middle, that messy middle yeah. phase, but yeah, it is, it's so different. And you don't really think about that, about how, how they, it really is different, a subcontractor versus an employee. Oh yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall all the time when it comes to this topic. (laughs) For the last few months, we've been promoting a leadership and management course. So I've gotten a little bit of a reprieve, but that's essentially at the core of what Paradigm does. We help people transition to employees or we help people that already have employees make sure that they have their compliance in order, which can sound really scary, but the cool thing about having that realization is that, and I guess I don't, it depends on what kind of person you are, but I always find comfort in the fact that like, I don't really get to pick. Like I have to decide what's best for my business and the law is going to tell me how they should be working. So, and how they should be classified. And they keep in mind that while they can be annoying, the laws really do protect people from being exploited. And that's Mm -hmm. why one of the key components of why our country is so much further along than so many other countries. And in some ways a little behind But it's one of those, like, it's crazy. You can offer a 401k to your employees for $20 a month. Like, it's not that crazy to offer retirement benefits. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can offer a $100 a month healthcare stipend that you can make sure that they have some of their healthcare costs for part-time employees. Like, that's only $25 a week and you get to help to offset those costs, even if they're not a full-time employee. Like, these are not, they're made to feel really scary because the companies that help people do it are big businesses that want things to be more complicated than they actually are. And especially in growing a small business, you don't have to follow all the same rules and regulations as big companies do. So don't don't let those fear-mongering posts and you know email newsletters and stuff like that stress you out because it is just take it one step at a time and take it seriously. And you build out your HR compliance the same way that you build out your culture, they go hand in hand and you only do it once and it lasts the duration of your business. And so that's what Paradigm's kind of designed is this quick and easy process of getting through building out your growth plan and your HR compliance and will help you to figure out when you can keep people in contractor roles, how to treat them, how to keep it easy come, easy go and like easy breezy, you know. And then also Mm -hmm. when you're going to have that core team of employees that are going to be there showing up for you long term that you can pour into, that you can count on, that you can trust, and not to sound super crazy, but that you can control. So like one example is once you start to think of some of the things that you're like, one of the questions I get all the time, especially on our discovery calls is like, am I allowed to do that? And it's like, well, yeah, if they're an employee, you can. And it's not Mm -hmm. a bad thing. Like Mm -hmm. most people, over 90% of people don't identify themselves as entrepreneurs, which means that they want a job at a place that isn't going to abuse them. So being able to create a space and then you tell them they have to work Friday so you don't have to, they're like, okay, (laughs) like, (laughs) great. Like, you know, so like little things like that, that lend itself to you being a better boss and pouring into your business, then that those are the things that we want to build into these jobs, not just tasks, you know, tasks right. are tasks. 
You know, it's, we want to take it one step further and be really strategic with how we're building out these roles so that there's growth that is capable to be built in and you're getting things taken off your plate that really matter. And they're not just, if you have tasks to like, you know, send out, then you can teach anybody to do those. You just have to Mm -hmm. get your ClickUp system and assign them and put a due date in it. Like it doesn't have to be that thoughtful, but there will be a position in your company where you have one or two people that are really moving the needle forward for you. Yeah, And in that case, you want to make sure you have that compliance sorted. You have that role figured out. You know what you need from them. And you kind of have to be at the center of those decisions and what's good for you so that you can show up for your business. Mm -hmm. Do you have a is there like a point that you reach in business? Like for me, where it's kind of like, I found myself really wanting to, I guess, form a team and, you know, really help people grow. But like, is there anything else where as a business owner, like a point that you reach where it's kind of like, okay, now I feel like it's time to start bringing on employees. Like what, how, as a business owner, how do you know when that time is right. I think, well, there's, I usually just say that it's time or money. So it depends on how you want to show up in your business at that time. Some people are going to have a lot of time and they can put in a lot of time to figure out a lot of these things. Other people are going to have families and significant others and, you know, all these other things going on that the time isn't there. And so we're going to use our assets to make sure that our business can still rise to the occasion, even if it's not us pushing the boat forward. Mm -hmm. But I Mm -hmm. think when it comes down to it, if you're like you, Brittany, like you're like, well, I I feel like I'm ready to take on employees. I'm ready for that personal responsibility to change the way I'm thinking about my business a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm ready for the fun parts that come with that. Pretty much as simple as just figure out what your monthly recurring revenue is that you know that you can count on each month, make a budget for how much you can spend on people that are coming in at the lowest amount, take your last six months and just say, I average, I don't know, I'll just say $5,000 a month. But I know $5,000 a month sounds piece of cake, easy peasy, whatever. And I know I have to pay myself 3000. So I have a little bit of money left over. So my budget is $2,000 a month for this person. That's a part-time employee working 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's really about making sure that it's a budget that you're comfortable with understanding the what exactly they're going to do and all of that comes after the fact. But I think that when you're making that decision, if as long as you don't have these like $40,000 months and then zero for five months in a row, then right. generally it's good to get somebody in there that can match that consistency that your business is bringing you. And what you'll notice is that those 20 hours a week, when we we do these this model for our clients, when we're building out their growth plan, where we'll make your time worth $250 and your assistance time worth, or your, you know, depending on what kind of business it is, somebody may be helping with fulfillment or something like that. If they're getting paid $25 an hour, which is like three times minimum wage in most states. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can have this service or this product cost you five of your hours and it's going to cost your business a thousand dollars or, you know, somewhere in that range, or you can have this cost your business a hundred dollars for this person to do it for five hours you know, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a no brainer. Like I'm going to put my thousand dollars of time, effort and energy into other ways to build the business. And my employee is going to be able to push this message and this, these tasks and things forward. While also like we've got some white space in there for community and connection and conversation and, you know, benefits and things like that along the way. 
And it ends up becoming a no-brainer on the cost side. It just, we do want to make sure that we're designing a position that makes sense so that it's not just like throwing stuff at the wall. And like that, Mm -hmm. that is another way to kind of create a toxic work environment. You know, you don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be a little thoughtful and make sure that you're carving out that time. If you're giving up five hours of work, you're still going to be doing, I would say somewhere in the 10 to 15% range of that time pouring into that person. So taking that $250 an hour, and now you're spending an hour with this person, making sure that they feel good about what they're doing, reviewing their work, going over things with them, being there for them, showing up for them, you know, but it's still, I mean, way less time. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) right. And you specialize or you mostly help with millennials, right? Like that's what you specialize in. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I yeah. I mean, I think that most of the people that we interact with are millennials, but and primarily women mm-hmm. in business, but we have some pretty cool fashion brands that we work with that are run and there's a bunch of men that work there. We have some brands that are like basically super young, like Gen Z kids mm-hmm. coming in with like these awesome ideas and they're like ready to hit the ground running agency owners like we have this really this really cool client that's a has a social media agency she's 23 and she just blew up on TikTok and decided to monetize it into like a business model wow mm. so like really cool people like that that we work with but i think that there's something special about working with my peer my our peers you know like yeah. being able to yeah. be like showing up for people that are similar to us in a lot of ways and grew up with the, some of the same traumas <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) I want to go back and talk about, get back on the topic of your like anxiety attack and the PTSD from burnout, because I think that is just so, gosh, it's so relatable. And it's something that I think so many people experience. So like, doesn't that suck? (laughs) It does. It does. And it's, it's, it's baffling to me that it is literally PTSD. Like our, yeah. we have come to that point where we get PTSD from, from work. work. Yeah. So what are some things that, okay. So say, because I, I know that there's probably so many business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs that are, they're probably so close to that, like anxiety attack Mm -hmm. and not even from having employees or people calling them from, but from just taking on so much, you know, whether it be client work or just so much behind the scenes of their own business. Do you have any advice for them? Like right now in this moment, like say they don't have any help yet, but like, what are some pieces of advice or like steps they can take to lift some of that stress so they don't get mm-hmm. to a point of where they're sitting in their hallway can't move having an anxiety attack yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> calling their mom yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's hard to say like cuz everyone is so different and how we deal with stress is so different and i will say that it is if that is something that resonates with you then you're not weak you're not alone like it's not something that you're struggling with on your own and there is nothing that has been better for me as I continuously work through this, these tendencies of control and wanting to be perfect and, you know, all the struggles that come with mental health in general and the responsibility that I feel for my community and my family and my, my people, like not just at work, but just in general. 
And there's something entrepreneurs are just wired a little differently. Like that's Mm -hmm. why this topic resonates. Whereas most people hear that and they're like, what? Like what a crazy lady, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but entrepreneurs are like, oh yeah, definitely. It's like war, you know? So it's, it's an interesting and horrible thing, but it also has shown me that community is truly everything. Like when I have been able to build real authentic relationships with either clients that become friends or just connections through social media or, you know, local entrepreneurs that we meet up and get to know each other and become friends. Like there's nothing like I I love my husband and everything, but like, there's nothing that compares to like sitting down with somebody else that like truly gets it, truly gets the Mm -hmm. mindset of being an entrepreneur. And I know that's why you have this podcast because you want, I'm sure people to feel really seen and heard in this way. And there, it is valuable to you. You know, that's why there are communities that you can join to make you feel less alone, that you can lean on, that you can go to, that you can tap into, that you can, that you can feel really seen and heard that are not scrolling through social media where you are a person and you're not a number. And that's why business owners rely on masterminds and coaches. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my, one of my friends, Grace has an amazing community that she pours into each week. And, Grace is somebody that I'll turn, like I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, it's really hard. Like when you're going through a hard time to the personally and professionally to have, to find that person that you can go to, that's going to understand the personally and understand the professionally. And you just like be there for you while you have a, you know, breakdown or you complain or you cry or you feel like crap about it. And once you find those entrepreneurs that you know, that you can trust and connect with it, really makes the biggest difference of all, you know, being able to show up for each other is part of our job as women business owners. And Mm -hmm. we forget that, you know, part of your job as a leader and as a, as a business owner is to support yourself and to give yourself a place to grow. And yes, podcasts are great. You know, I think that's one way to connect, but also like part of your investment in yourself is money. So spending a couple hundred bucks a month on a membership or a community, or, you know, I'm in a community called We Are Women Owned that's very affordable. Like just knowing that there's a community of women there that I could pop in and be Mm -hmm. like, I'm having a crap day. Like, is anybody want to co-work for a couple of hours or, you know, stuff like that. It means a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that look for those communities, like try them out, experiment with them, like find your people because otherwise you're just going to continue to spiral and spiral and spiral Mm -hmm. and you're never going to be able to pull yourself out of it. So I know it feels really hard and we're always putting ourselves out there anyways, but just like show up authentically, like do your own DMS every now and then, if you are a business owner that outsources (laughs) that, you know, like get into the messages, like talk to the people that are resonating with your content, like talk to the people that are listening to your podcast. We're not too good for our communities. Like I don't, I, I know there are some entrepreneurs that are like, can't be bothered, but like, I don't, I think that's a recipe for disaster. Like Mm -hmm. we need that human connection and it's, we're all out here, like putting ourselves out there for that reason, like whether it's making us money or not. So I think that we can't forget that part of our job is to learn, grow and develop within ourselves. And part of our job is to create a community around us that we can lean on because it's just, it's different. It's different in the remote space. And especially when as women, I think, especially I have a few male entrepreneur friends and it's just different. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. not as like, I have one that I was like, I mean, we, we like work together quite often and I'm like, I just like, 
really needed somebody this week. And I didn't really want to call you and bother you with my PMS. Like, you know, it was like, (laughs) you know, and like, I love him, care about him. He's super fun and amazing, but I'm like, it's just not, there's something really unique. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like having female Well, and I think too, like, and I know we've talked a lot about, you know, we've talked a lot about it on the show that, you know, having that connection. And for me, that's part of like, one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur is that I get to make these connections and meet all these people and become friends with all these people who are going through the same things you're going through, who can relate. Like I know you said, like, you know, I can talk to my mom about what's going on, but she's not a small business owner. She, you know, she doesn't get it. Like, you know, so it's nice to be able to have a community of people that you can engage with and interact with and connect with that kind of get where you're coming from and understand the entrepreneurial life style. And I think that's part of like what makes it so special is because, you know, that's just, especially I think after coming off of like COVID and all of us being stuck in houses and not having that connection, I think it's just so valuable and such like a blessing. I mean, for me, I know. Yeah, I know. I agree. And it's crazy to think about like, like I was talking to one of my friends and she's like, your life is so cool. Like you work from home and then you go to the office once a week and you just like have a podcast. Like everybody wants to have a podcast, you know, whatever. And yeah. I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in a room and by myself with my dog talking into my <laughs> microphone. Like, it's not, like the reality of the situation is not like, let's get off our high horses. Like this is not about posturing and money-making activities and mm-hmm. you know, whatever, this is about community. And at the end of the day, like if my business went under, I would miss the community the most. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. miss the fulfillment from this job. The mo- I would miss these conversations mm-hmm. the most, you know, I would mm-hmm. find a way to continue to have them, even if my business was just an Instagram page. But I think that there's something that's been really unique and different, which I had to change my mindset about coming from a traditional corporate space that you really do have to lean on each other. And mm-hmm. I've tell people also like my team, my people on my team, one of them has been with me for almost two years. Her name's Kylie. And like, she's full on like a lifer at this point. Like, you know, she's, she has Mm -hmm. a master's in HR, but she also has a lot of interest in ops and marketing. Like we just kind of found each other and it was a great fit. Mm -hmm. And I, when I say that I couldn't do this without her, I mean that in a way that's like over the years I've, created set a relationship as such where it feels very much like a partnership. And mm-hmm. I do I have to show up as her leader and as her boss and we have boundaries and things like that. But you can build that community within your own team as well. Like you can mm-hmm. find those people that are going to make you see the worth in what you're doing every single day. But, you know, the business woes and the money stuff and the I'm having a low month or my launch is failing or whatever, those have to go to your community of other CEOs. Mm -hmm. Like those are not for your team to shoulder. So like, I guess that's the only like hard and fast rule that I'll make is we have to protect the space in which we're bringing our employees. They can be our biggest support system and our biggest fans and our favorite people and even our close friends. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with hiring people that you want to be friends with. Like, I know that's, you know, that's outdated in my opinion. But when it comes down to like, I'm stressed about money or how am I going to make payroll? That's not for Kylie to worry about. That's for Mm -hmm. me to go to Mm -hmm. my communities and be like, well, how can I get an influx of cash? Like, you know, this is my responsibility. Like, Uh and it's, it's at the end of the day, it's just an energy exchange. It's slightly different, but I still feel like, you know, like you said, Brittany, you're ready to pour into people. And if you find yourself in that place, 
there's truly nothing better than having that support system built within your team that really cares about your company. And they also have, my company's completely different than if I never hired Kylie because mm-hmm. she's helped shape what it has become. Right. And I think that's something that I'm really proud of is that right. I was able to give somebody space to do that. Right. Yeah. I was just editing one of my clients' uh, episodes last week and they are, they're a partnership. It's two women. And I mean, they're now best friends and you can just feel that in their episodes. But the topic last week was on building a successful partnership. And they mentioned, they said, you know, like we're in this business together and it's amazing to have each other. But even if you're a solopreneur or, you know, you have your own business lean on like your manager or your assistant. And just like you said, they can be your biggest cheerleader. And it's so much more beneficial to have somebody cheering you on that is just as excited about the growth of your business as you are. And I mean, I had never really thought about that before, because, but it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. It takes time to build that. I think mm-hmm. too, you know, like when it, whether it's a part, we work with some companies that have partnerships as well. And I'm always like, so <laughs> what really goes on behind the scenes? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, it takes time. Like when you bring a team member in, like, just know this is an investment of time and money and mm-hmm. it, it will, it will show up and like, it, you will reap the rewards from it. You absolutely will. It's guaranteed. Like there's no, especially if you show that you care about them, but you do have to have a space that is only for you as the CEO mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have to have a place to go and you know you can't you can't be like the emotionally emotional dumping ground of your employees right. mm-hmm. you know right. like the, it's a it's a slightly different perspective and it's interesting mm-hmm. to navigate that relationship but i find a lot of comfort in those relationships especially with my team that has my in my in person job the managers that took over when I finally let them when I was crying on the floor, um, they have now <laughs> one of them has worked for me for nine years. One's worked for me for almost eight. Like we have one newbie manager that's only been around for three, you know, like stuff like that. And it's like you build these relationships and this connection with people. So then now we have these new managers coming in that have or new people getting promoted that have only been around for mm-hmm. a few months, but it feels like they've been there forever. And that's the culture talking. That's mm-hmm. the culture that we started building so long ago and that we worked right. through mm-hmm. together. Right. So I think it's cool to like be super intentional about it and create space, but it's also I think as women, it's more important for us to get help than and even men owning businesses. And when we mm-hmm. work with men, I'm like, I think you need this position or, you know, we build their growth chart or whatever. And I'm like, this is the next hire. This is not what you thought it was. It's not an assistant. It's a content manager or whatever. It's going to be, I recommend this budget, whatever. And the men mm-hmm. are like, yeah, okay. The women are like, oh, and I do this too. So it's not <laughs> much judgmental. It's like, oh my God, like I have to go and like have a breakdown about this. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't hire someone. That's so hard. Like yeah. an employee, like, how am I going to do it? Yeah. And I think it goes to show you, like, we do want to be emotional and we do want to take accountability, but also like your people are going to be fine. Let's see mm-hmm. what happens. You know, experiment mm-hmm. a little, just be open, be honest, give them all the space that they can. And if it doesn't work, fire them, but make mm-hmm. sure you're doing everything right up to that point, which is why HR mm-hmm. compliance is so important. So yeah. it's all we can build this space as long as it's on top of these foundations where we know that we are doing good on the HR side, that we can make really pivotal and important decisions for our teams. Mm-hmm. So I know no one ever wants to hear that, but. <laughs> well, no, it's true. And it's funny. It's funny you say that because now that I'm thinking about it, the two clients that I was just talking about, they're from 
like their business is not anything to do with HR, but in their corporate life, they were both in HR. And I mean, their business now, it's just, it's this incredible running machine. And I mean, the culture is insane. Everything is just brilliant. And it stems from their HR background because they know, they just know how to, you know, operate that team and Mm -hmm. do it correctly. So yeah. Just center HR people just, I've always, sorry to interrupt. They, we always center the people, you know, it's the, the people are first, like, yes, we love our product. Yes. We love our work. Yes. We love our passion, but HR people, we always have that in common. We speak that language of we're here for the people. Like we're here because we want people to have an experience Mm -hmm. and whether that's our clients or our employees. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think when you, you don't have to be an HR person to embrace that. So I think it's really fun to see like women business owners kind of take that step into having employees and then have light bulbs start to flick on over the course of time where they're like, this is so much better than I thought it could be. Like yeah. not only because I'm making more money, but also because I have more time or I have more freedom to explore my relationships or I have this other idea or I want to start another business. And, you know, those men do that all the time. Like right. not, I'm not like a man hater or whatever, but I am like, <laughs> Men don't think twice about it. They're like, oh, I have too much work to do. Hire someone. Mm-hmm. Like women yeah. are like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I could do the job of four people. I really do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. me too. Me too. Yeah, I got I got it. I yeah. put it off for way too long as well. Trust me. Like this is not from a judgmental place. Yeah. But then you hire someone, you get them trained and you're like, how the hell was I doing all that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It oh, happens every time. Like Brittany, I'm sure if we got our hands on your business, I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> like you are about to I see know. some changes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be embarrassed for you to look at my business right now, but <laughs> no, you, you would, it's literally like, I cannot even say this enough. Like there is no shame in being highly like functional. There is no shame in being the person that can do five people's jobs. But there, the only shame there is, is if you are not, if you don't give a crap about the people that you're bringing into your orbit, mm-hmm. that's the only time mm-hmm. I ever judge anyone. Cause I see the back end of a lot of businesses mm-hmm. from hundred thousand dollar a year average to eight to $10 million a year. And the only thing I've ever been like, Ooh, that's a red flag is when they just don't care about their team. And they're right. like, how do mm-hmm. I get rid of this person without having to pay them? Or how do I get rid of them? Because I just like kind of don't want to do that part of my business anymore. Mm-hmm. And, or I don't want to pay mm-hmm. them their vacation time. Can I write them up and then they don't get to keep it? You know, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. the only time yeah. I judge anyone. Cause I'm the first person out here. That's like, my employees are like, don't you think you should delegate something? You really mm-hmm. messed up that email. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I changed the link in the launch email because you really screwed it up, Kira. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're right. I should have let you do your job that you're hired for, but okay. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of humility. (laughs) And a lot of people just don't realize that. I mean, the better you take care of your employees, I feel like Mm -hmm. the better they're going to take care of your business too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. So if I'm sure we have listeners that are sitting here and like, oh my gosh, I need Kira in my life. So can you tell us more about Paradigm and like, what does it look like to work with you and kind of dive, dive a little bit more into Paradigm for us? Yeah. So, well, our signature service is called the Paradigm Solution and we can adapt it to any business. So essentially 
we like to work with businesses with less than 50 employees, but our average is generally hiring your first employee or your or you have a couple of employees, but you never figured out the HR things. So we have to take a couple steps back and put all of that together. But it essentially has two different components. One is our compliance piece. So getting, making sure your payroll is set up, that you are you have an employee handbook that outlines all of your benefits. We write them from scratch. We don't download them off some website. Like they, mm-hmm. the employee handbooks, I'd rather you not have one than have one that you don't know up front and back and sideways because it's a mutual contract between you and your employee. So mm-hmm. they can hold you to things that you didn't even know because you downloaded it off of like, you know, free employee handbook.com or something. I don't yeah. know if that exists, but I should find that domain. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um, your handbook has all these things in it and it also drives your culture. So we include your values and we talk about your mission and what you want it to feel like at your company. And I'll be honest, when I started Paradigm, I was like, everybody's going to want the same thing. Like we all want a business where it's really blah, blah, blah. And then the second we got that questionnaire sorted and their onboarding process sorted, I was like, every single business owner is so different from each other. And it's so cool to see. Like they're all great cultures, but they are different. And it really Mm -hmm. does depend on the person. So we really infuse your personality into what kind of culture you want to have and who you are. And a lot of times you can't, I think our special sauce is that compliance piece because you can't really Mm -hmm. see how you can tweak and bend certain pieces of the law to make them fit within your business, to make it a little bit easier for you to run your business and have it feel really natural so that when you bring people in, it's pretty seamless. Like you can kind of just like bring people into a culture that feels like it already exists. And then also we build out your employees' files that you have to keep up to date. We teach you how to manage them and make sure that you have like all your benefits sorted out if you have any or just give you some samples for later if you're still building up to that point. And the other side of the paradigm solution is really about designing roles that really make a difference in your business. So we break down your services that you offer, how much you're pricing them, how much it costs for you to fulfill on those services, how much time it takes. If you have a product-based business, it's a little bit different of a model. But essentially, we can help set those budgets to ensure that you can kind of pull this growth lever. If you want to Mm -hmm. take a step back, maybe you're going on maternity leave or something like that then what do you have to do to make sure that your business can be functional while you're out? Or you know, how much more money do you need to put aside to make sure that your team member can take on additional hours or you can hire somebody temporary to come in and fill those shoes? Mm-hmm. And Or you can turn it up. You're ready to grow. Let's see what happens. We have a new product. We're really passionate about it. Like, How can I staff those services and make sure that we're still making a profit? There's been quite a few times where we've looked at the profit margins and been like, it's costing you money to, to provide this service. So being able to just tweak those little things, we see almost an instant result from our kickoff call with how we're able to build out the way that their growth plan looks. And a lot of times those growth plans are just maintenance plans. It's like, here we are now and here's where we're going to be. But then we reverse engineer that into, this is where I get really nerdy, um, job (laughs) descriptions that lend themselves to KPIs and metrics that you can measure. So essentially your job description is going to be really built out to be all encompassing of tasks. And that job description is also going to feed right into your job post, which is going to, we're going to write that for you and make sure it really attracts the right type of people. But also when they come into their job and they sign off on all their paperwork, they get a new hire orientation where we walk through the entire handbook and policies. We make a deck though. They don't have to look at a Google Doc the whole time. And then essentially it's about 45 minutes. They have a really solid understanding of the way everything runs. And then you use that job description as your blueprint for training. And then essentially we just pick these three metrics. Usually it's between three and five that we want you to measure to make sure that you're getting what you need from your team member. 
And that's, we see a huge difference there too, because then you start to have a language in which you can speak to your employees so that 90% of the time you're talking about fun stuff and you're managing them and you're helping and supporting them. But the other 10% of the time you're like, oh, wait, it looks like you're missing deadlines on a few things. That means one of your KPIs isn't being hit. Let's talk about why that's happening. Or, oh, hey, it looks like you're not converting on these sales calls. Like, where are we missing? Where are we missing the piece there? And you start to see these tiny little changes where you can actually see a return on the investment of every single employee that you hire. And I think a lot of people think that that's just like kind of guesswork. Like, I hope I get something out of this, but it's not. It's it's by design. And so there's two sides to that. You do essentially, we have about 90 days that we work together. We have a shorter version and a longer version, just depending on what your company needs. But right after that, like you're pretty much set to manage most of this on your own. And if you have questions, we have a membership. You can pop in, ask questions, management stuff, whatever the case may be. But our goal is really to take this HR thing from being this big, scary thing to this thing you get done once, you understand it, and then you mm-hmm. can manage it on your own. We don't think small business owners need an HR person on their payroll every single month when they have two employees. Right. But yeah. you do have to follow the same laws as every other business. And mm-hmm. so, you know, hopefully we don't have to end on that note, but that is essentially the core tenant of the company. That's what <laughs> makes us the, the, the culture and all that's fun to talk about. But what really gets people in our email inboxes. I have a friend and they have to pay a $45,000 fine because they had one employee and they misclassified them and now they have to pay taxes and something went downhill or, you know, and mm-hmm. we're like, well, I wish they would have found us sooner. So yeah. it's definitely, yeah. it's not about like scaring you or freaking you out. It's just giving you the foundations to get, take off and, mm-hmm. and run mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. essentially just kind of know what questions to ask and what to look for. Mm-hmm. And after 10, 12 years of working in small business, I know way too much stuff about HR and most of it I didn't need to know. So that's what I'm hoping to <laughs> yeah. bring to small business owners is just know mm-hmm. the things that you got to know so you can focus on the things that really matter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And make those the important things a priority. I think I'm coming to realize that I think one of the reasons why a lot of small businesses fail is because business owners feel like you know, just because you're starting a business doesn't mean you have to do every or know all of these things on your own. Like, you know, like hiring a bookkeeper, for instance, hiring you, um, Kira, like just like, just because you're kind of starting the business alone doesn't mean you have to go about the journey alone. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of small business owners do. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, just taxes in general, I think trying to, you know, do that on your own is insane. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy. Do you, do you have to be an S corp in order to bring on employees? No, no, uh-uh. no. Okay. an S corp is it's a tax election. So basically your CPA can elect for you to be an S corp. Even after the year is over, we filed our, our super late. But it's basically just depends on how you're taxed. So a lot of times when you bring on employees, there is a benefit to having an S-corp because there are tax benefits for payroll. And so you're not getting double tax for self-employment and things like that. Uh, Again, like I just know about this from my own experience, not because I'm like super qualified to talk about this or anything. Right, right. But we lean on CPAs and accountants for that type of thing, especially when it comes to HR. We kind of hold hands with all these attorneys and all these accountants. And they love it because they're like, I don't want to deal with all these people problems. Like, right. <laughs> here, here's, yeah. here's, yeah. we get these like CC'd emails, like, 
Hey, Kira, our, our CPA said HR might help us with this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Like we kind of know where they fall, but mm-hmm. yeah. you, you truthfully, like you don't even need to have an LLC to have a business. You need to have an EIN and you have to register in the States in which you have employees. You have to make sure you understand the labor laws, but it almost, it has almost nothing to do with kind of those like insurancy type of things. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's yeah, people get really freaked out because I'm like, I'm gonna freak you out, Brittany, because I can see that you're in your mind, you're like, oh crap. I know. I know. Um, but here <laughs> there's like people are like, oh my gosh. And then you have to get workers comp insurance. If you're mm-hmm. anything like me, you're like, oh, I'm done. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> like things like I don't understand that. I don't have yeah. time. Gotta go. Bye. Like no none of our business owners have time. That's why they're talking to us. Right. But like to give you an example, workers comp is eleven dollars a month. You can add it onto your payroll. Barely notice it. Like yeah. little things like that that sound yeah. like they're a big tragedy. And I I do like to freak people out a little because I do want people to take compliance seriously. Yeah. But you know, every state has different laws, even to the if they quit and how you pay them on their last day. And those are all things that you have to be responsible for. But those laws change maybe once a year. So once you have a reference that you can go back mm-hmm. to, it becomes that's why we have that line about Google in the bio, because it's like Google's gonna help you, but it's also gonna give you a bunch of outdated stuff give you information yes. you don't need to know. Like I have people that are like, oh, I saw this thing that I have to provide a retirement account. And it's like, well, do you have employees in California? Yes. Are, do you have more than five employees? No. Okay. Then ignore that email. They're just mm-hmm. trying to freak yeah. out. Yeah. Like little, <laughs> that's why you have us. We just yeah. t- took four hours of worrying into this one little 30 seconds. Yeah. So I think there's something really powerful about, and I had to mm-hmm. learn the hard way too. Like I should not be doing my own damn bookkeeping. So <laughs> Same, same. We got to hire the experts, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Wow. This has been so, such a beneficial conversation. I love it. And yeah, it's funny. It's like you were having this interview, like, at a time where I feel like I've needed to, like, come in contact with you, Kira. Yeah. Um, Welcome to my universe. It's yeah. very odd. <laughs> my dog wears clothes. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, I've loved this so much. So I guess go ahead, let people know where they can find you, where they can connect with you, mm-hmm. um, like all the things on how they can reach out and find you. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we're a small company. So basically if you reach out on, on the DMS, it's me in there. So just let me know if you heard this episode and just on our website, if this is something that you're like, dang, I really need to switch to employees or, you know, I want to have more control over what I'm doing, or I want to set myself up for the long run. If you fill out our contact form, I'll send you a link and we can talk about it. It's definitely, it's not, HR is not always the most fun, but I think mm-hmm. when we weave in the part where you get to bring in this person, like we get to celebrate with our clients a lot and it's so much fun to see them grow and develop with their teams. And it it can be something that's really fun. We just kind of like put the, it's like putting spinach in your smoothie, you know, you like put the HR part in there too, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like the, that part's really fun, but yeah, just reaching out on Instagram, the paradigm, we have two M's at the end and it's always me in there. I know that's really weird, but sometimes I'll DM people and then like, it's not really them. And I'm like, what is the secret? Like, I know, I know. I can't stand it. I'm like, it's so personable. Like, am I talking to you or your VA, a little like bot? Like, and you know how it's the little bot. I'm like, no. Oh my gosh. And honestly, like in 2020, we were putting a lot of that in job descriptions, like somebody to manage the DMs and blah, blah, blah. I would say like since 
since about a year ago. Like that is not something that's that people want anymore. No, like they're they're taking it back over. They're mm-hmm. creating more mm-hmm. authentic relationships. Like I think that's cool. It's moving into a more authentic direction. But for a while, there was a pretty solid trend of like I can't keep up with all of these DMs. Like I need someone else to do it for me, kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anyway, that's a whole other story. But yeah, just our website and yeah. our email. We have a quiz that's pretty cool. You can find your people leader archetype. It helps you to understand who you are as a manager and as a leader. It also points out some of your areas of opportunity because we are HR. And so we always have to put something in there that's super not fun. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll make sure and share all those with you guys yeah. for, for the and show. And that'll notes. be, yeah, that'll be all in the show notes so you guys can connect with Kira. One thing too, I wanted to ask you, and it's something we ask of all of our guests, if you had one piece of advice, it can be business related, work related, life related, whatever that you want to share with our guests, what would it be? Hmm. This is hard because I'm fairly long winded. So yes. Um, I guess I think when it comes to, I think it's for anything, but it's something I learned in therapy and it's don't believe everything you think. So Mm. one thing that I've just been constantly challenged by the universe is I'm not super religious, but there's definitely like a, the universe is always trying to teach me something, whatever that is. Yeah. And one of my friends is like very spiritual and she's like, well, the, the universe is just going to keep trying to teach you the same lesson until you learn it over and over and over and over. I've had lots of lessons about control and things like that over the years. But that's, I think, when like the journaling comes in really handy because you can start to see patterns and things like that. But and of course, I don't do it enough, but there's something about that saying, like, don't believe everything you think that I think can create such an open minded and compassionate viewpoint, not only when dealing with other people, but also in dealing with yourself. And my therapist recommended Tara Brock. I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but Mm -hmm. she has this like, but she's, I think she's kind of like a big deal in like the psychological, spiritual movement, but she talks about radical compassion. So like about how trusting and forgiving yourself for things that you've been through can like open all these doors. And so both of those things together, she has like meditations and stuff that you can do if you're into that kind of thing. But it's not, it's not normally my cup of tea to be like super crunchy, crunchy granola, but <laughs> it was something that I found really impactful during really hard times that we talked about so deeply today. But there's just something about being able to look at yourself in a way that is humble and kind and to forgive yourself and how that makes you like we're as an entrepreneur, we're a leader, whether we like it or not. So being able to embrace that and also turn that same lens into others, I think can create really authentic connections and it keeps you in a constant state of questioning, which I think is sometimes I like to not question. And so I have to be aware of like, I think I'm going to ignore that. I just saw that, and move on. (laughs) (laughs) but not attaching yourself to those beliefs can be a really powerful or the things that you think is it's been really powerful for me, especially in conflict resolution. And, you know, part of our job is to make sure that we can navigate those things. So it's Mm -hmm. been a game changer and I come back to it all the time, even though it's been years since I was originally first told that it really stuck with me. I got to tell my therapist, Bonnie, because I haven't talked to her in a while. I graduated therapy last September. Oh, (laughs) I know. (laughs) I need to get back in there. Um, but (laughs) But it really sticks with me. I think about it all the time. So when you asked that question, it was like the first thing that popped up and it's been really powerful. And, and Mm -hmm. when you're leading people, you have to be able to take a look at yourself too. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, this has been an awesome, awesome conversation. It was so nice meeting you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge and expertise. And yeah, I will definitely personally be reaching out to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait. Um, And it was so great meeting you guys too. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really great conversation. It was really really fun. Good, good. And I wish I could hug your dog. Like (laughs) the cutest, the cutest little audience back there. I know she, I tried to like blur. I know people, this is a podcast people can't see, but I've tried like the blur background thing, but then occasionally she like stands up and there's just like a dog head. (laughs) So I had to, I had to stop. I was like, trying to have these professional calls, you know? And I'm like, and then the dog just like, and I'm like, yeah, you're just going to have to look at her twin size dog bed behind me. Otherwise it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. Thank you for listening to our mommy show. Please subscribe and share with all your friends. See you in two weeks. Have a good day.